there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. I have a question for you. Why are there so many guitars for sale? I mean, really, what's the answer? There you go. Connie says, people think, wouldn't I really look great? Wouldn't it be cool to play a guitar? I could be like in a rock band and the girls would love me, or I could be like in a rock band and the guys would love me, or whatever. But wouldn't it be cool? And so they go buy a guitar, and then they find out that there's more to it than just buying it, that you have to learn how to play it. Segovia may have said, may have said, because I couldn't find the quote, but someone told me back in the day when I was studying classic guitar, he said, the guitar is the easiest instrument in the world to play, poorly. And he was right, if he said that. If he didn't say that, he should have said it. My next door neighbor has twin girls, and the twin girls, once upon a time, decided that they wanted to play guitar, and I think that's what happens with everybody. Sooner or later, they decide they want to play guitar, and someone else tries to get them to play something else. If you're interested in music, you should take up the violin, or the piano, or the flute, or something else, or some respectable instrument, not the guitar. They're trying to lead their children away from rock bands, and you know, drug, sex, rock and roll, whatever. They wanted to play the guitar, but they didn't want to learn to play the guitar. I know, because I gave them lessons. And as soon as we got to the lessons and they had to go home and practice, so they had to do something, well, couldn't you just show us how to play a song? We don't really want to learn how to play the guitar. We just want to learn how to play a song so that we can play that song and look cool. Okay. Didn't learn to play the guitar. Their guitars are collecting dust somewhere. So there comes a time when we unconsciously get this. We unconsciously get that we're not going to learn to play the guitar. It's going to take effort, more effort than we're willing to put into this idea of looking cool. That's when the guitar is either sold or begins to collect dust somewhere. We hang it on the wall, we put it in the closet, but somewhere it goes in storage and it collects dust because we're not willing to admit the truth that we are never going to put forth the effort to look cool, that looking cool is going to have to come more naturally. That looking cool or being what we want to be is something that's going to have to just grow out of us while we sleep. But if we're going to have to wake up and do something, forget it. Now, large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. That's from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 30. For those of you who want to look it up yourselves, most would-be guitar players... Most would-be disciples, most would-be students of the fourth way, most would-be anything are ray people. Fewer still are me people. Some are even doe people. 
and a very small sliver turn out to be fa people. Of course, we're talking about the scale. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, si, do. How many work guitars are collecting dust at your internal house? How many work foundations lay incomplete? How many towers, work towers, did you start to build that you didn't finish? How many broken octaves have you collected? How many broken octaves are laying around your internal house? The constriction between me and fa is what separates guitar players from masters. It's what separates crowds from disciples. It's what separates people who understand this work and people who develop in this work from the people who study it and talk about it and write books about it. Two great laws govern the universe. They are the law of three and the law of seven. The law of seven, also known as the law of octaves. The law of octaves states there's a slowing down of vibrations at two points in the octave between mi and fa, as well as between si and do. Our work is about an ascending octave. We're not trying to go down, we're trying to go up. So our work is about an ascending octave. Do, re, mi, fa, so, etc. To proceed through the constriction between mi and fa, this work says a shock is necessary. We fail to make the pass between that constriction. It's just like a narrow spot. It's like broad and open here, but then all of a sudden, there's this constriction. There's just this tight spot. And you have to do something extraordinary. You have to make some special effort to get through that tight spot. You've got to squeeze through somehow. So it's like crawling in a tunnel. First, you're walking along, and you're making good progress. You know, you've got your flashlight, and you're moving along at a good clip. But then the tunnel starts to constrict. It starts to get smaller, and then you find yourself on your hands and knees crawling along. And you've got to make more effort, and it's slower going. But if you want to get through the tunnel, you've got to make that effort. Well, you may actually have to pull yourself along on your belly and not crawl at all, but pull yourself along. You may really have to make an extra effort to get through that constriction. But if you shine your flashlight, maybe you can see that it's opening up a little bit. And if you could just get through this part here... Then you get to the other part where you can stand up and move again. That's what this is like. That's what this work is like. That's what this life is like. That's what playing a guitar is like. That's what everything that we do is like. Everything that we do can be like that. When it's not like that, it's because we never even got to the constriction. It's because we bailed, we quit, before we ever even got to the constriction. We fail due to our lack of sense of scale. What is it that scale means? Remember, scale comes from scala, which I think Latin for ladder. Perhaps this is why Jesus talked about a tower, because we build from do upward. And there comes a certain point, do, re, mi, between mi and fa. And this is just an arbitrary designation. You could say C, D, E, F, G. You know, you could say ba, wa, hi, ha, sha, pa. It doesn't matter. That's not what's important. What's important is that there is this interval. You have these two steps that you can take and everything's just fine. The third step that you take is fine. But then when you go to take the fourth step, in order to make that in music, in order to make that, you have to have a half step in between because the step is so big, it take, because it's such a long shot, it takes a half step in between in order to make it. Is that right? Musically. 
I always like to ask the piano players because they have this... I, guitar players don't have this sense of scale like piano players do because a piano is laid out just like a ladder laid down on its side. And you can see it. But a guitar is laid out like Satan did it. It's not that way. It doesn't go that way. At any rate, this point where, the, where there's this big space between here and there, the work calls that a constriction where you have to make extra effort... Another way of looking at it is, if you have a ladder, you have a rung here and a rung here and a rung here, and the rungs are, those rungs are spaced evenly, and they're the usual spacing that we can just easily negotiate that. But then the next one, the space is huge, and you have to, it's like you need something in between to help you to reach that next rung. That is the shock. That's what the work calls a shock. So you've got to Put that in place somehow so that you can make the next rung. And in order to put that in place, you have to make effort. And sometimes it is an extraordinary effort. But it won't happen like climbing a ladder or coming down a ladder. That's almost easy. It's when you get to that big space that it gets difficult. That's what the work calls a constriction. We resist a sense of scale, the sense that we lack, because it means lower and higher. And the ego really doesn't like the possibility that another could be higher. It's fine with the possibility that others can be lower, but it really doesn't like the possibility that some other could be higher than us. Lower and higher offers the possibility of growth. If there's no lower and higher, there's no possibility to develop in anything. If there's no lower and higher, if everything is this way, horizontal and not vertical... There's no growth possible. You just stay on the same plane and go around and around and around, like a record disc, like a two-dimensional record that just goes around and around and around, and nothing ever changes, really. You just repeat, repeat, repeat. But you see, the idea of this work is that there's a vertical line and that you can get off of this repetitive plane and make it to another level, higher That's why we have things like the Olympics. That's why people have car races. That's why people have contests. Because it's possible to develop more. It's possible to reach higher. It's possible to get more. But it takes effort at a certain point. Why so many people fail? Why do so many people go and get a membership to the gym and then not go to the gym? It's the constriction between me and Fa. That's why. What does that mean? Well, it means they go and they get injured or they have something else to do or this or that. And it takes an extra effort at that constriction in order to keep going. And then after you make that effort, then it's okay for a while. But then it takes another effort because there's another constriction. Well, that continues forever. That never stops because we're always doing an ascending octave. And after we finish that octave, then there's the next octave. Well, that's just that one. That's just the gym membership octave. Then there is the work octave. Then there is the marriage octave. Then there's the children octave. Then there's this octave. Then there's the job, the personality octave. So there's the work octave with a capital W, and there's the work octave with a small w. Your profession, your business life, your social life. Those are all octaves. And we've got many of those octaves going at the same time. Some don't have all of them going at the same time, but we have many of them going at the same time. Is it any wonder we're confused? Is it any wonder we run out of force for things? 
here we have to make this effort here, we have to make this effort here. And these constrictions don't all come at the same time. You may have just worn yourself out, used all your force on this constriction, and now you have this one, now you're met with this one, and you weren't expecting that. Now what do you do? Well, all your force went into this. So we start to economize with our force. We start to prioritize. We start to make aims. We start to say, okay, what's more important? My social octave or my work with a capital W octave? And it's only when we see that we don't really have the force for both to make the constrictions on both of them that we have to make a decision. This is a good thing. Development is possible in anything that you set as a task for yourself. So any aim that you make means that you understand that development is possible, that you could go higher. We don't often think we could go lower, but we actually do and can. We can and do. Sadly, going higher means effort, and precious few make effort, preferring to do as little as possible. If you can be even a little honest with yourself and observe yourself sincerely, you can see that you prefer to make as little effort as possible. Connie's dad used to have a good one. I love this one. He said, boy, I could really go for some ice cream. How about you? Well, yeah, I could. Well, good. While you're up, would you get me some too? I want to make as little effort as possible. So how I'll make that is I'll get you to do it. And while you're up, would you get me some too? That's what we're like. And you need to look at yourself and find out where you're like that. You don't need to look at yourself and go, oh, I would never do that. You need to look at yourself and find how you would do that, how you do that. You need to find where you do that because this work says we all do that. We all do that. Now find how you do that. Not find how you don't do that. Find how you do that. That takes extra effort. But most people won't do that because we prefer to do as little as possible. The plateau at me fa, the constriction at me fa, the reduction of this, this huge space, vertical space between me and fa, whatever you choose to call it, is reached in everything. There isn't anything that you do, nothing that you do in life that isn't reached by that. If you're growing up, what do we call the terrible twos? The terrible twos. What do we call the teen years? The teen years. Why do we call them this? Because there's a constriction. Because it's tough. It's hard to get through that. Why? It's just the way it is. It's just naturally there. Oh, but if people would be changed, if people would be different. No, it wouldn't change anything. It is natural. It is as natural as the law of selection. Natural selection. What Darwin, I think, is the one who coined that natural selection thing. And what he called it was, what did he call it? Survival of the fittest. Exactly. That's right. You call it survival of the fittest. When wagons trekked west across our continent, a lot of people died. A lot of people turned back. And a lot of people quit along the way. Said, forget this state or that state. This place is nice. We're going to stop right here. And they started to build their lives there. They never made it past the constriction. What were some of the constrictions? Well, some of the constrictions, they come across one constriction would be the desert. They come across another constriction would be rivers. They come across another constriction would be mountains. So there were these tough spots they had to make extra effort to get through. And a lot of people didn't. In fact, most didn't. The problem is all can't survive. Remember this parable 
from Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 1. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. What's the kingdom of heaven? It's what you want to reach. It's an expanding state of consciousness. It's not a contracting state of consciousness. It's not a static state of consciousness. What we generally are in, as we are, is contracting states of consciousness or static states of consciousness. But we're rarely in an expanding state of consciousness. But we can reach an expanding state of consciousness. It's a scale. It's a ladder. So contracting is a descending. It's going down the ladder. Static is just staying at the constriction and not going any further than that. It's too hard to get past this constriction, so I'm just static. I'm staying right here. I'm standing on this rung. But an expanding state of consciousness, the kingdom of heaven, is when you're continually moving up the ladder. And every time you come to this constriction, you make the effort, you give yourself the shock that enables you to pass and keep expanding. Okay? This is what we're talking about. This is what Jesus was talking about. This is an esoteric parable. It's an esoteric story, and it's to show us about this scale and about this ladder and about how to get through this constriction. So the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son, and he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast, and they were unwilling to come. Again, he sent out other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, and my oxen and my fattened livestock are all butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went their way, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. But the king was enraged and sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. And those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guest, he saw there a man not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? He was speechless. King threw him out. King had the servants throw him out. So what? This is exactly the same thing all over again. Many are called, but few are chosen. All these people are called, but only a few make it. All these people were called to go west. Wagons, ho, go west. But very few made it, comparatively. And the same thing with the species, the origin. Darwin called it the origin of species. It's not the origin of species at all. It doesn't talk about the origin of anything. It talks about the transformation or the adaptation of species. So over time, a species will start to adapt and it'll change in this way or that way. That's basically all it's about, but we're not allowed to say that because people go crazy when you talk about those things. But that's okay, I don't mind people going crazy. Depending on the scope of the aim, we meet the constriction at either long intervals or we can meet the constriction on a daily basis if we're working on a daily basis. If you only meet a constriction occasionally, at long intervals, every few weeks, every few months, every few years, it's because you're not working. If you're meeting it on a daily basis, if you're meeting constrictions on a daily basis, if you're getting to that place where it's really tough and you've got to make effort on a daily basis, good for you. It means you're working. Most of us don't, but some of us do. 
And those of us who do, do, and those of us who don't, get the big constrictions at long intervals, and we deal with those as we can or as we deal with those. Now, we could call this plateau, this space, this constriction, a space of reorganization because it's here that we meet second force, which increases internal chaos. Second force increases in us internal chaos. All of a sudden, we're we're moving along, then we come to this constriction, and it gets chaotic all of a sudden. We have to make more effort. It's not right, so it's not the way it was. And for us, that's a problem. So when things change, when things aren't the way they're supposed to be, when things don't go as we expect them to go, inside there's chaos. You realize this about yourself? You've noticed this about yourself? Good. The minute something changes in your life and you have to make extra effort, there's internal chaos. There are three ways that we deal with this second force internal chaos. The three mechanical ways that do, re, me people, men one, two, and three, deal with the second force are one, to dissipate through dispersal. That's activity. So they dissipate the chaos and the force through dispersal or activity. What does that mean? Well, it means they, well, I'll give you examples later. The second one is to block through withdrawal, like depression. And the third is to distract through diversion, drugs, sex, rock and roll. Five people meet second force with applied knowledge, understanding, reorganizing themselves at the level of fa. So they come through the constriction, they reorganize out of the chaos, they put forth the extra effort and they reorganize and they come out a step higher. They work through the restriction by making the right effort. Let's put it this way. While driving, someone blocks your forward motion. They either pull out in front of you or they stop in front of you. Someone blocks your forward motion. One way, the one way we have of dealing with it. Scream, blow your horn, and gesticulate wildly. You know, wave at them, whatever we do. Two, withdrawal into depression. This is the way the world is. People just are asleep. They don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody is courteous anymore. I remember a time they withdraw into that. Three, what's the third way? The third way, you remember the third way? Diversion. Turn up the radio. Turn up the radio. Make a phone call. You do whatever, you know, diversion of some kind. What's the fa way of dealing with it? Someone pulls out in front of you. Remember yourself. Observe your reaction to second force, someone opposing you, and mix it with work ideas. What kind of work ideas? We're not one. Who's not one? I'm not one, and neither is that person who just pulled out in front of me. We're not one. We're asleep. Who's asleep? I'm asleep, and that person in front of me who just pulled out in front of me did it in their sleep. I'm not owed. We're not owed. Who's not owed? I'm not owed right of way. I'm not owed right of way. What about that person? Well, that person can handle what they're owed and what they're not owed themselves. This is how we mix this experience in life, this constriction, this opposition, with the work, with the work ideas. When you start to mix that in there, the alchemy of that changes the molecular structure of this whole thing. Everything changes at that point, and a transformation takes place. That's what this work is talking about. That's what this is about. The constriction, the opposing force, is for you, the opportunity for you to bring the work into it, take it into your internal laboratory, mix these ideas with this opposing force, and come out with this new thing, with this new energy, with this new something that can propel you, with this rocket fuel that can propel you through the constriction or through the space that you've met between me and Fa. That's what this is about. That's giving yourself a shock. 
We talk about giving yourself a shock, a conscious shock. What does that mean? You can give yourself a conscious shock. How do you do that? Well, you can do it every day in little ways, can't you? Every time you want to yell at somebody and you remind yourself, wait a second, we're asleep. We're not one. I'm not owed anything. When you do that, you're mixing the ideas with what's happening to you in life, and you're changing the molecular structure, you're changing everything about you and about the situation. Well, everything that can be changed in that moment. Ospensky called it taking the sly pill, which was self-remembering in different ways at different times according to the situation. This is why we have to be slick about this or sly about this. Each situation calls for observation, self-remembering in different ways and in different times. You don't know when and according to the situation. Whatever the situation is, you must adapt to that. Rather than see the constriction as life opposing us personally, the work says that we can use it as an opportunity to make a conscious choice. Nobody learns to play guitar overnight. People learn to play guitar daily. That's how you learn to play a guitar. You don't learn to play the guitar by practicing once a month or once a week. You learn to play the guitar by practicing every day. And it's even better to practice several times a day. Instead of one long practice session, it's better to practice a couple of times a day rather than one long session. Why is that? Well, it's the same reason it's good to work several times a day instead of one long session because you run out of force in one long session and you're not working anymore. When you don't have any force, no work gets done. The only time work gets done is when you have force to do the work. And that happens at short intervals, small intervals at our level. So that's one of the things that we need to understand is that living life is like playing the guitar. Each day you meet some small me-fa constrictions where it's possible to separate and decide for the work. It's possible to transform a whole day in this way. You can turn a whole day around and transform it by just meeting these small constrictions with the work. The trick is to give the shock at the right moment before things get out of hand and you find yourself identifying and in negative emotions. And that's the trick. You just learn to do it sooner and sooner, to catch it sooner and sooner, to remember ourselves earlier and earlier in the situation. Understand this, the MIFA plateau, the MIFA constriction, this MIFA space in the ladder must come in everything. It's the universal law and it's not personal. No one's doing this to you. It's no one's fault. It's not the guy in the car. It's not the person who didn't give you what they said they were going to give It's not any of that. It's the way it is. Here on this planet, this is the way it is. It happens to everyone, rich or poor, great or small, intelligent or not. It happens to everyone. Everyone must meet it no matter what you think, no matter how it appears to you. It's a universal law and it's not personal. It's not that we don't try hard enough. It's that we don't try long enough. I have been with you long enough to know this. It's not that you don't try hard enough. You try hard enough. You just don't try long enough. You give up too soon. To alter anything in any way, shocks are needed. Maurice Nicole said, to revolve in the circle of one's laziness is simply death. It's no one's fault that it's hard. It just is. It's the way things are here. Learn this and you'll grow up. And trust me, everyone here can use a little growing up. And I include myself.
And then after we do that, we could use a little more growing up. And then after that, we could use a little more growing up. We must learn how to live. We must learn how to play the guitar. We must learn how to live. Rather than expect it to be easier or fair, we've got to learn how to do it. The second fourth is inevitable in everything we want because it's in the very nature of things. Unless a shock is given at the plateau, unless a shock is given at the constriction, unless a shock is given at this space between the rungs of the ladder, everything dies away, collects dust, and then nothing is achieved. So the thing is, is that you can look at it like, oh, it's just too much, or you can take it in smaller pieces every day and just work a little bit several times a day on whatever it is that's opposing you, whatever it is, the jar won't open. Work on that. The refrigerator light didn't come on when you opened the refrigerator. Work on that. What does it mean? It means I've got to go to the store, I've got to take that bulb out, and I've got to go to the store and find that bulb, and that's a big pain, and blah, blah, blah. Good. Work on that, too. These are the things you can do. Bring the work to it. See it as the constriction. See it as life opposing you. See it as second force. And see it as an opportunity to bring the work in, to mix it with what's happening, and to transform your life. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at solidrockvista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.